Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Restoring Human podcast, where we believe humans were designed to flourish. Unfortunately, many modern conveniences actually work against our thriving, but through intentional lifestyle decisions, we can return to an optimal state of health. I am Jerk Bakken here uh, with Dr. Alex Arguello, as always, and today, very special guest. I've got I've got a little bio here. Oh, really? Ready to go. Uh Pastor Justin Dean, pastor of Sacred City Church. I'm getting closer to the camera to read this. Uh, Sacred City Church in Davenport, Iowa. Husband and father of four. Uh, Justin has... Husband of four. Husband of one. Husband <laughs> and father of four. Let's yeah, husband to one, right. father of four. I said four. that. Uh, Justin has deep roots in the sport of wrestling. Uh, currently, he is a crossfitter and mountain biker. Uh, but none of these things can compare to his loyalty and devotion to the Alabama Crimson Tide football team. Roll Tide. Justin, Justin, welcome to the show. We mm-hmm. should have talked Thanks about this me. intro before we did that. Yeah, I didn't give any approval of it either. Why? What did you want to add? Oh, I wanted to take out the Alabama stuff. Oh, well, well, now we've talked about it, now it can be over with. <laughs> well, we'll see. Big game coming up. Big game coming up this week. <coughs> Is that tomorrow? Yeah, actually, I don't even know. What day is today? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Tomorrow. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess to start a little context uh, with within this my story of health, Justin plays a pretty significant role um, because I started CrossFit in his garage, um, and he was the one who introduced me to the Paleo diet. Um, and what's that saying about, uh, like the mark of a good leader is when your folks start passing you on. Now I kick his butt in the gym on a <laughs> weekly basis. And I, I made the lifestyle decision to let him do that. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. I feel like you're fairly similar. Yeah. He taught me everything I know about health. <laughs> oh, well maybe. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I, I smoked him for a long time in CrossFit. That's for dang sure. But now... Now I'm nowhere near. So, uh, yeah, he was a big uh, imp- had a, I guess an influence on me as far as the CrossFit world and why that's a big part of my life. Yeah. Um, not necessarily that he like explained CrossFit to me and how it was the best way to exercise, but he was who I worked out with majority of the time. We went to the same gym. That's where we met. Is at a gym, and um, a big part of why I enjoy CrossFit is working out with other people that are competitive and that you are have relationships with outside of the gym. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how it all started. Let's let's just get a little bit of your history um, with sport and just physical fitness. I feel like it's been a pretty significant piece of your life and your story. Okay. Well, I played a few sports growing up, but um, nothing really stuck. I would rather be out playing backyard football than doing any organized sports. Sucked at baseball, didn't do all the extra stuff, so didn't really have friends that, you know, on the team and stuff. So never really did much, enjoyed much, just enjoyed playing, climbing trees and being a kid. Then in junior high, a coach came up to me and said, hey, you should wrestle. And uh, I literally thought he meant WWF. <laughs> I had no idea what, you know, regular wrestling was folk style wrestling and uh anyways he talked me in coming out and for the first time in my life I got to compete against people my size and I'm like oh and so it was great and uh, 
I immediately fell in love with it and um, started like literally right away. So seventh grade, I started wrestling, started wrestling year round pretty much right then, uh, or at least half the year. Then going into, um, I remember my eighth grade year, uh, the new football coach, Randy Schrader, came in to junior high and, and said, basically did this whole pitch why the baddest guys in school were the guys who played football. <laughs> he literally did it. Like, you want to be, you know, you, I'll just say it. You want to be a badass, you play football. And uh, I was like, well, yeah, that's what I want to do. And so um, in between my junior high, so eighth grade, ninth grade year, I started uh, with, the, with the football team, I started uh, lifting weights. And it was the first time in my life, obviously, I've ever been in a weight room, starting lifting weights, kind of like a BFS you know, mm -hmm. bigger, faster, stronger type program. And from, and I, just like anything, when you first start, you just grow leaps and bounds, right. you know, right. a lot, a lot of change, a lot of ad adaptations. And I loved it. I got strong quick and I was really strong for my size. And they had different programs that you could kind of achieve. We had different clubs you could achieve. And I just really loved it. So f basically from my freshman year on, I lifted weights four times a week, five thirty in the morning, um, in season, out of season, the whole time. And I played football, and I wrestled. And um, and then about my sophomore year, I started having higher aspirations. So I, I wanted to – I made I wrestled varsity, and I wanted to make state the next year. And so then I started making uh, – I kind of had developed enough self-control and enough discipline that I and, I – and I realized what I wanted in my life at that time, which was to be the top three in state or go to state my junior year. And uh, so I started making extra sacrifices, and I'd be at the gym at 5.30 a.m. Wor working out, and then I'd go and I'd wrestle with nobody because nobody else would do it with me because nobody, everybody thought I was crazy. Mm -hmm. So I'd have a dummy, and I'd be throwing the dummy around until my younger brother was finally big enough that he could come in and wrestle <laughs> with me. And so then I just started, I kind of got, I got obsessed with wrestling, and I, I loved football. I played football, but I was obsessed with wrestling. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and then uh, going into my – so then I qualified for state my junior year. And then going into – nobody in my school had qualified for state since I had been in high school. I'd never seen anybody – seen it happen. It's kind of normal these days, but yeah. back then it wasn't yeah. for North Scott. Then I um, made a goal. I want to be top three at state and uh, had to make a lot of sacrifices for that. So I went to – first off, I, I was working at the grocery store and uh, had to make uh, basically like 1200 bucks to go to this 28-day wrestling camp. It's the toughest wrestling camp in the country up at the University of Minnesota. It was a Jay Robinson camp. So that year I had to work my butt off at my job. I didn't go to prom. I didn't go. I just saved all my money. Paid for this uh, Paid for this camp. Went to this wrestling camp, 28 days, uh, four practices a day. Um, I lost 25 pounds, and I was like, you know, I looked like a freaking skeleton. Yeah. They give 1,200 kids, uh, only like 800 finish, and then they give, they give this hideous corduroy hat to two wrestlers who are the hardest worker wrestlers there. And I got one of those. And, you know, I was set to be, t you know, I was, I was going to accomplish my goals that year. And then the last, and then I went into football season, the last football game of the year, first play of the game, we're up in Burlington, and I make a tackle on the kickoff team and dislocated my elbow, tore my ligament. And uh, it sucked. That's all I can say is it sucked bad. First major injury I've had. And um, <clears throat> doctor, we had to wait for the swelling to go down, went to the doctor, all this stuff. Um, thought I was going to have to have surgery. Ended up not having surgery, which was awesome. But I, they told me I was never going to wrestle again. Um, a month later, they said, well, maybe 
next, maybe in college you can wrestle. Um, a week, week or two after that, they said, well, okay, maybe you can wrestle this year. And so basically what happened was I just had a lot of rehab, <clears throat> excuse me, on the airdyne, one-arm stuff, taping my arm to my body, still working out. <clears throat> and I think it was late January, earlier late January. So I think the I was injured probably early October. <clears throat> and then late January, I got back on the mat again. Um, and at first, they were just literally taping my arm to my body like this, and I would wrestle one-armed. And then they had to put a big brace on it, and I could compete, but guys would just hold on to it. Yeah. And it sucked. You know, I, I wasn't near as good as I should have been, could have been because of my injury, but I qualified for state again, and then um, di di I missed my goal. So I was in the semifinals at state, and I was up 8 nothing, and let the guy go, and I got headlocked and pinned. So uh, so, so that really sucked, man. It was uh, devastating, but it kept me local, so then I went to Augustana College instead of going somewhere. I wanted to wrestle D1, but mm -hmm. that kind of uh, setback kept me local, so I then went to Augustana, wrestled in college there. Um, <clears throat> and I actually, sophomore year, I dropped out of college to start a construction company and to do ministry full-time. And so I was doing those, kind of following those two tracks. Um, a coach, a wrestling coach for actually Downport West met me one day and said, hey, would you come be a coach for me? He paid for my coaching certificate, all that fun stuff. So I went and got my certificate, started coaching for Downport West. Um, and then I ended up coaching for a couple years at Downport Central because he left West and my brother went to Central. So I started wrestling for, or coaching for Central. That's how I met a lot of the guys at, at, at Sacred City. Mm -hmm. They wrestled for me. And then eventually I moved out to my alma mater and started coaching at North Scott. During this time, I got into MMA. So I was training at Militich uh, Gym for a while. I ended up Later on, I fought once inside a cage. I was doing triathlons. I was running, doing the BICs, doing weightlifting stuff. And uh, that's how I found CrossFit. <laughs> I was like trying to do rock climbing. I was trying to run and I was trying to do MMA. And I had, a, uh, had to have my appendix taken out. I, it was probably because I was, too, I was dehydrated. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, that's more than likely what happened because now that I look back, every time I would have these pains, it was when I got, I was doing something crazy and I yeah. had got dehydrated so I got my appendix taken out and um, and then I was like how can I freaking do all these things and stay fit for all these things and the movie 300 came out and I was like um, watching yeah. the extras yeah and all these jack dudes were doing CrossFit flipping tires and, and so I was like okay yeah. so let's try this CrossFit thing so I got me I got my cousin I got a couple buddies and we started doing CrossFit just off the I mean there was just straight up off the website off CrossFit.com doing everything wrong uh, and and then uh, basically I have been doing CrossFit now for probably 11 years, I think now, 10 or 11 years I've been doing CrossFit pretty much consistently. Um, so that's pretty much, yeah, I mean, I think I got all my stuff yeah. in there. So, no, oh, no, since since then um, I've kind of backed off CrossFit just a little bit. I do it probably three, maybe four times a week, and um, now I'm into mountain biking and I'm into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, and I'm coaching my, my son's wrestling, so – uh, I had a goal last year to ride a thousand miles on my mountain bike on the trails, and so I accomplished that in November. Nice. Um, yeah, so I'm doing a lot of mountain biking. It's good headspace for me. It's not as competitive, competitive with myself, uh, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much my athletic journey. I guess you know I'm 39 years old, gonna be 40 in June, and uh, yeah, that's where it's where it's at. Wow, 40. I didn't realize that's where we were at here. Yeah, it's a big know. deal. So. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I got my level one certification for yeah. 
CrossFit. I started a CrossFit gym in my garage because I had all these people that wanted to get fit. And uh, around here, you couldn't afford the, the $200 a month gym at the time. And nobody could. And nobody wanted to try it for 200 bucks a month. Uh, and so I started a CrossFit gym in my garage. And, um, yeah, we moved around a couple of places. And, you know, that's, that's basically what – how you guys – well, we met at the gym, but that's yeah. how you started. Yeah, yeah. So – there's obviously a you got questions there. Oh no, that's still the oh wait, shoot. Yeah, we got all kinds of crap now. Um there's obviously an aspect of your physical fitness that's really heavily on like the just the competitive side. I feel like that's probably one of the things that has just kind of kept you in it, especially getting into CrossFit. Um, but what what types of things have shifted in terms of understanding what you're doing as far as health and not necessarily just the competitive aspect of being physical? Well, I am competitive in a sense, but I, for whatever reason, I always, I've always kind of dreaded competition. So I like to compete in a workout, but I don't really like competition that much. Mm -hmm. I don't like, we've done a few competitions together, but I'm always like, okay, dude, fine. He's the one who's more competitive. He's the one wanting to do these stupid competitions. Mm -hmm. And I don't because, because I get, I just get nervous. Honestly, that's why the nerves bother me, like getting stressed out about what, what am I going to eat? When am I going to do it? Yeah. I just like to do a workout and then compete within that workout. So I'm not that I'm really not, I mean, I'm a competitive person in a workout, but I don't know. I don't, I've never wanted to go maybe for a brief when I first got into CrossFit, I probably wanted to go to the games or something, but I've never wanted to, to, to do that. Um, I like the benefits of working out. Okay. I've, I've, it clears my head. Mm -hmm. um, it, I am a freaking, I have a lot of energy. And so I wear people out who are around me. And so it's good for me to get wore out in a, in a workout mm -hmm. so I can go be normal in other aspects of life. Um, and so I like the feeling it gives me. I like the clear headspace. Um, I want to be able to do physical things all my life. Yep. I like to mountain climb. I like to mountain bike. I like to run, jump, lift heavy things. I just like that aspect. In the early days of CrossFit, you know, they were always talking about just being fit for life. Like yeah. we want to be able to do anything. If I, and you know, I've had some, some things that's, ha that's happened where it's like emergency type of things, you know, yeah. it's like, I got to be able to run a mile in a hundred degree heat in sandals. You know, I've got to be able to do some of this stuff. And Carrying I, a gas tank. Yeah. And I, yeah, you know, I like, I want to be able to do that kind of thing. And, um, you know, now I'm doing Brazilian jujitsu. One of the, my, my son has been doing jujitsu for like three years. He's like a high green belt or something. And I'm turning 40. And I realize that when he's 18, he might be a black belt by the time he's 18. And crap he might be able to kick my butt and so i'm like that ain't gonna happen so i started i started brazilian jiu-jitsu and i said hey i want to be a black belt by the time i'm 50 and uh, my son you know sucks to be him but he's not going to be beating me for a long time you know maybe when i'm 50 he'll he'll beat me so i just like having goals i like accomplishing goals and i like getting fit and um yeah that's really what i like to do but behind all of that i have a theology of the body that kind of drives what I'm doing. And by that, I mean that I believe that I have been, or we all are created. This is the kind of Christian view of the human body mm -hmm. that we've been created in the image of God. 
and that isn't just spiritual. So in the beginning in Genesis, you have Adam, you have God creating Adam out of the dust of the ground. He forms him, and then he breathes into him the breath of life, so his spirit. Well, some people think he, he wasn't living in, well, until he got br- breath, so the breath part is the living part, but he wasn't alive spiritually before that either. And so hum- the human person is this embodied person. Mm-hmm. Um, he, there's the body, there's the soul, and there's debate within the, the theological world if if we're made of three parts or if we're made of two parts. I lean towards two parts. You know, people say body, soul, spirit, but this, the word soul and spirit in the scriptures are used really interchangeably. So I think I, I lean towards there's just two parts of us. There's the immaterial part of us and there's the physical part of us. And the human person is the embodiment, the enmeshing of those two things. And you really can't separate them. And that's what sucks so bad about death. Death is abnormal because it's separating the, the, the soul from the physical body. Yeah. And there's only one time in one season in life where you become a soul or you are a soul without a body. And that is what theologians call the intermediate state. So we're embodied spirits now. We have a body. We have a soul. We're, we're, we're enmeshed. And then if we die now and Christ hasn't came back and we go to heaven, then we're a soul or a spirit. And we don't have a body, but that's not the future of the Christian. Mm-hmm. That that's an intermediate state. That's actually not not good in the in the ultimate sense. Sure. Where yeah, we're yeah. moving is when this is the what blows people away in Jewish thought and in Christian thought is when Christ comes back for the Christian and sets up his eternal kingdom and renews all the world and makes everything, let's say, like Eden before one of the things he does is reunites our soul with our body. We get a new renewed and restored body. We're not spirits, you know, getting caught up in the great oneness of the universe or whatever. We become embodied people again. Mm -hmm. And so scripture talks about um, in Corinthians that believers now are to glorify God in their body or glorify God with their body. And so our bodies really are a great gift that we've been given by God. And we're given those um, bodies to glorify God with. And that means taking them to their potential. You know, you guys say restoring human, getting to this place of optimal health. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of what it means to glorify God in your body. You're, you're meant to, you know, get physical. You're meant to take it as far as you can take it, you know, uh, accomplish great things. There's also this, this idea um, in, in scripture that when God gives us this creative mandate in the garden and he says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth inside that mandate is the idea to like, go split the atom, like mm-hmm. go to the moon. Like mm-hmm. I've given you all this potential. Now you go make it happen. Yeah. You know, you go freaking write textbooks and go, you know, discover the scientific method and go do all these different things. Well, the same thing we've been given this body, like go see what you can do with it. Like, yeah. I think when God said that to Adam, he was like, break the four minute mile, yeah. you know, like, like, let's see if you can do it. Let's see if you can do the, the, the under two, two hour marathon. Yeah. You know, like take this, this human body you've been given and use it for the glory of God and just see what, what you're capable of. Yeah. You know, do you think, uh, so if you're not, really into the CrossFit world, 
a ton of very high level CrossFit athletes are actually Christians. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, I mean, everything you're saying, do you th- feel like that is a huge motivation for a lot of the top athletes? Mm, I, I, I would like to say yes, but probably not. I don't think they think about it. I don't think they think about it. People don't talk about this. People don't write about this. Yeah. It's really hard to even understand the theology of the body and to find anything substantive written about it. Yeah. Uh, the Christians have been influenced by platonic thought. And, 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 and what I mean by that is kind of, play, I'm not going to get into it too much, but basically the idea that the body is somehow less important or the body is somehow bad and the spirit is what's good and right. what's real and what's right. true. And, and then in the scriptures where it talks, Paul uses language where he talks about the flesh battling against the spirit. Well, the flesh is a mode of, it's basically sin and evil. It's a mode operating in the world. It's, it's sarks and the Greeks in the Greek, but it's not the body. The body is actually soma in the Greek. So the body is different. When he's talking about the flesh, he's not talking about sure, this sure, body. Sure. He's talking about the sinful nature and the sinful desire and the sinfulness of the world that wants us to get into immoral behavior. But people can read that and go, oh, okay. Somehow the body is bad yeah. and the spirit is good. Yeah. And that's not, that's, that's a platonic Gnostic kind of idea concept. And I think many Christians have been influenced by it and they're afraid of stupid things like being vain or, you know, like, or being, you know, like they're, they're being obsessed with their physical body is sure. somehow going to be an idol, you know, going to be idolatrous. Yeah. Um, we're sitting at home and being lazy. It doesn't even, you know, right. Right. Oftentimes get to get them like that's idolatry right. too, or you're, being addicted to comfort. Yeah. You're so far from the thing you're actually worried about that. It's, it's not even valid. Yeah. So I think, I don't think many Christians are, and here's the other thing. I don't think being a Christian somehow enables you to be a better athlete. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like somehow like I get superhuman strength because I have a faith, you know, I don't yeah. now the, yeah. one area that I do think it helps is, and I've heard, I've talked with some people about this, is the area of identity. One of the things that happens with athletes is we get our identity wrapped up in what we do. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, you know, a football player blows his knee out and he loses all, he loses his mind, he loses his lifestyle, he loses everything. Because who am I if I'm not this football player, right? Yeah. Well, this is one area where the Christian kind of gets his leg up. The Christian gets better because you can hear a lot of Christians talk about I remember in the CrossFit world, there was a lot of guys that were talking about Chris Spieler and even Rich Froning and some guys were talking about like, this isn't who I am. Yeah. I'm more than this. I have an identity in Christ. So Christ has saved me, called his own, called me his own. I am now a, a child of God. And so I know no matter if I win or lose, I can't lose that identity. And so there's this settledness to the, to the Christian where it's like, I'm not doing this CrossFit competition to earn an identity, to prove to the world of who I am. I already know who I am and God loves me and I'm satisfied in that. And I'm, and I'm kind of satiated in that. And now I'm going to do this. And what that does is it takes some of that pressure off, yeah. right? That like, you know, that angst in your soul of like, you got to win every workout or you got to prove yourself. It, it removes some of that. So I think if the Christian does have a leg up, it's in that area, yeah. but not in the actual, like the area that somehow Christians, because they have the spirit of God in them, they mm-hmm. have more self-control or they have more discipline or they have more, yeah you know, 
before I was a Christian, I could only deadlift 400 pounds. But after I became a Christian, you know, I, it right. added 60 pounds to my deadlift or something like that. Right. It's not, it's not a, an, an empowerment of the spirit that is giving you a, you know, making you stronger, whatever, giving you success. It's the, the freedom in the identity that allows you to not be, you know, feel the weight of finding your identity in your performance. Yeah. And, and I've learned that because like I said, in wrestling during in high school, I, I my identity was in, in wrestling and I was, going to be top three at state that was my goal you know like i'm gonna make this happen yeah and when i lost at state right even though you know i had the the elbow brace and i had all these excuses um i lashed out at god and i blamed god like how could you help you know my identity was just just crushed yeah and so i had to i had to kind of learn that the the hard way yeah 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 I've, i've literally had that exact conversation with some people at the gym (laughs) <laughs> yeah we can do all things through christ who strengthens me now oh, that's a great verse well i in that context he's specifically talking about conquering sin resisting sin fighting sin um though we put that on a lot of coffee cups you know that does he's not talking about your deadlift he's really not you know on, on uh, the uh on the eye black the eye black <laughs> yeah i can do all things through christ yeah may you know i'm not gonna say it doesn't you know talk about accomplishing some athletic things but it's probably speaking to you more i remember tim tebow used to do that and you know tim tebow played out they played out florida played alabama and alabama just made him look ugly and made him look stupid and he was crying on the side how did we get back to he was crying on the he was crying on the sideline and i remember saying i remember saying like you can do all things tim that means you can get up after losing and you can go back and you can you know you can do and that's what it means yeah I can do all things. You can get back up yeah. after losing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So uh, we're way beyond this statement being a put. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, we'll find out. I could just like turn my mic towards you. Anyway, he was going through all these benefits of how you know clears his mind and loves all that stuff, but he, he failed to talk about that he likes to look physically fit. Oh yeah, that's true. So one of the first, my first experience with Justin is he's comes into my office to get in his first initial exam done and I have to do a scan of his back. So he has to take his shirt off. So I said, you're gonna have to take your shirt off. So he just takes it off and says, I've never had a problem doing that. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's true, man. Redefining dad bod redefining it oh that's great yeah i take my i take my shirt off nearly every workout i don't have a problem with it and i don't want to have a problem with it you know and people are weird that think it's somehow vain to take your shirt off you know i think it's dumb you know i think it's dumb i think you should enjoy your body i think you should uh, want to look physically fit um i mean that that gets into a whole other topic um you know, body image type stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think you should be proud of the body that you've got. And that doesn't mean like, you know, obviously, you know, women, they have, you know, many of them have three, four babies and things like that. And then they may never get back to the the body, but they should still like be proud of the body that they have that they've, if they're putting in the work, you know, and they're working towards it, whether if you ever have a six pack or not, that doesn't really matter. Right. It's, it should be functional. You should be able to use your body Mm -hmm. and be, be proud of the way, you know, it looks. So, Yeah. 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 So 
we're way deep into this for I, I realize a handful I mean a good portion of our listeners are not necessarily Christians and don't necessarily have the same worldview um, that we do but for Alex and I the the topic of conversation that we are having today is probably hands down the biggest motivation for why we um, are doing what we do um, why we are interested in helping people with their health, why I'm interested in helping people get fit, why Alex is interested in helping people, you know, feel better and, you know, optimize their health through his practice and everything. Um, and so we're, we're just kind of peeling back some of the things, like you said, there's not a lot of um, material on this topic. Um, not a lot of people are talking about this, but it's, it's absolutely a, a major, major um piece if i mean it's it is the the biggest piece that motivates us to be doing this and drives us and the, the the why of what we're doing yeah and for for me it it um it transfers to kind of it should transfer to every area of your life mm-hmm. yeah so at the fitter when i'm when i sit at home on the couch i don't so it's like momentum when i sit at home on the couch i want to sit at home on the couch all day long and then I want to eat all day long and I feel bad later that night. Yeah. Right. And it's hard to get out of that momentum. But when you wake up early and you work out or you wake up early and you read your, for me, you read your Bible, you read some things, it's all the same thing. So I have the same mentality for my body as I do with my mind and as I do with my soul and as I do with my relationships, I'm setting goals, I'm sticking to it. I'm using self-control and I'm pushing through resistance pushing through difficult times and it just like it just stacks up it's like creates this momentum where when i've read my bible in the morning and i've read a book and i've prayed and i've spent time with the lord and i've had my bulletproof coffee then i the next thing i want to do i i I plan my day the next thing i want to do is i want to work out or i want to study or i want to go deeper it's like i'm I'm making good decisions and those good decisions just start like compounding compounding. yeah and then it's like i don't want to have a piece of cake right now or a donut or whatever it is. But once that happens in the reverse and I've made bad decisions and I've, and I've, I'm a, I'm a fan of this guy named Jocko Willink, if you guys know about him. So um, former Navy SEAL, this kind of thing. He wakes up at 4.30 AM every day. Now I don't wake up that early, but he does it just because he wants to win the first, the first decision every day. He wants to win it. Yeah. And, and so he, he wakes up at 4.30, boom, I've won. I've already made the, the, the most difficult thing for me to do today is get out of bed at 4.30. Yeah. And he's already out there and he's in the gym. And it's like that kind of mentality. You know, you start making good decisions and those good decisions pile up. Yeah. You start making bad decisions, those bad decisions pile up. And I like the way it makes me feel when I make good decisions and those good decisions begin to, to pile up. Yeah. And so I read a lot. I study a lot. You know, I, I, um, I work out kind of a lot, not as probably not as, I don't know if I work out as much as you guys do or not, but, um, I think those are all kind of in the same realm, um, in, in self-improvement that we could say, mm-hmm. trying to glorify God in my body, yeah. you know, your mind, your heart, your soul, all, all your physical body, all those things. Yeah. So I guess I can. I don't know why that I keep having to scroll down. Oh my goodness. What do we got here? Oh yeah. Dumb stuff. Uh, so we covered this a little bit, but it's a distinctly Christian aspect of, um, 
physicality is the fact that you, you talked about us being um, at death, being separated, the soul and the spirit, or the body and the spirit. Um, because of that, most Christians do not necessarily have the same view of death and the same fear of death that somebody who you know, doesn't know what to expect after they die would have. Pairing that with, you know, we believe that God gave us good gifts and made everything on the earth and made things for us to partake of and enjoy. Um, some of those things might not necessarily be the best things uh, if we are, you know, over-consuming them for our health. Uh, because of knowing those two things, how do we get to the point where we can decide that, oh, maybe I do need to kind of restrain myself from these things that are seemingly good for some kind of greater good? Oh, man. <clears throat> okay, that's a big question. So in one sense, you're talking about developing the virtue of temperance. Sure. And temperance um, in Greek thought, basically temperance was, is the middle ground between extremes. So let's just say you have laziness here and you have uh, <laughs> laziness here and you have workaholism over here. Sure. Let's just say, let's just say that. So, um, temperance is finding the middle ground where you're neither lazy nor, nor a workaholic. Um, but you're productive for the glory of God, let's just say, and the good of mankind, all right? Now, temperance is, in, temperance, is temperance because it's meant to be in all things. So um, in our eating, in our drinking, in our uh, sport, in our loving, in our sex life, in all things, temperance is meant to be the, the, the virtue that we're shooting for. Mm -hmm. And you can really see that in the person of Jesus Christ. And so this is another unique thing about the body. People who think the body is somehow um, bad, and even Jews, the, the Jew, Jewish people, fall into this trap and fall in this kind of error of thinking. I was listening to Ben Shapiro last week, and he was talking about how it's impossible for a Jew to understand God becoming a man. That it's a category malfunction, you can't do it, and so that's why they reject Jesus. That's why they still reject Jesus. And, and because it's so shocking that God, who is immaterial, he is spirit himself, yeah, yeah. could send Jesus, the second member of the Trinity, to into the, Mary, into the womb of Mary, and that Jesus, the, the, who has eternally existed and been one with God from all, you know, before time existed, in all eternity, somehow puts on flesh. The word is incarnation. He, he um, Eugene Peterson says, Jesus put on flesh and moved into the neighborhood. That's how he kind of interprets John 1. And so Jesus puts on flesh. Now what that tells us is the body's not bad because God became, God got a body. God enmeshed himself in the human experience and became flesh. And Jesus lives out this life in temperance. He lives out this life. You know, we don't, you know, he, he drank alcohol. Let's just say that. Yeah, he yeah. never, he never got drunk. You know, that's the, that's the temperate. He loved women, but he never sinned sexually. He, um, he had friends, but he never, you know, whatever. You could just go on all these different things. Jesus lived that temperate life. He lived that, that holy life. And that's what holiness is. And so 
and, and Jesus was more than likely a physically fit person. He was a carpenter back in those days. I can't even imagine it being a carpenter myself, not having an electric saw, you know. Not, yeah. uh, and so he would have been, and he had to walk everywhere, you know. So Jesus would have been physically fit, obviously. he's, uh, And so you see that with, with Jesus Christ. Um, and so we, we, can, we can learn that, uh, again, the body's not bad. Um, the body is a gift from the Lord, and it's meant to be used for the good of mankind, for our own, uh, we say, human flourishing, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, yeah, and, and God becoming flesh kind of proves, proves that. that. And then, secondly, when when Jesus is resurrected and comes back, he doesn't come back as a ghost. So many people think Jesus died and then he became a spirit. That's not what happened. Jesus died. He was resurrected and he was given a new resurrection body that was similar to the body that he had before. It still had scars. Mm-hmm. Remember, he, he said, doubting Thomas, right? Touch the scars on my side and touch the scars on my hand. You could touch him. And then, you know, he's eating fish. He's eating food. Spirits don't eat food. He's sitting down. You know, so there's, so Jesus gets this renewed body and that's the renewed body that's in heaven right now, sitting at the right hand of, of, of God, who's ruling and reigning over all things. And the same body that's going to come back riding that white horse in the book of Revelation to renew all things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, our physical body is, it might be the most spiritual thing that you've got, hmm. you know, and, and it, 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 it's probably the source the, the area that you need to focus on, if you're really going to grow up into spiritual maturity, you need to focus more on your body. Because we are habitual creatures who are shaped by our habits way more than anything else. I don't care how much, I hate to say this, I don't care how much Bible you know, you're more shaped by your habits than you are by just reading the Bible. Sure. Um, and so I have a big problem. So I, I just got my master's degree from Midwestern Seminary. I went down there and Baptists are just known for being fat and lazy. I'll just say it. Overeating, having big potlucks, and just pa- pastors who are just fat and overweight. Sure. And I went down there and I was like, oh my goodness. You know, like, I can't believe how overweight the profess- many of the professors are. I can't believe how overweight many of the- my colleagues that are, that are graduating are. I'm like, we have a problem here that, 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 you know, we're somehow trying to be spiritually fit without being physically fit. Yeah. You know, and I just don't, I, I don't think a pastor can get up in the pulpit and, and, and honestly talk about money if they're $100,000 in debt sure. or talk about, uh, you know, being pure sexually if they're having an affair, right? Well, I don't think they can talk about the body if they're not, you know, working their body out, if they're not treating it like a gift from the Lord, if yeah. they're slamming carbs and they're sitting on their butt all day, you know, and they're, and they, you know, they're not getting enough sleep because they're so stressed out they can't get up and speak with any authority or any integrity. And so they don't. Sure. You know, they just, they just don't. That's why we don't have material on this. Yeah. 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 So I just went off on a bunch of stuff there. So no, that's great. So man, yeah, there's, I knew this was going to happen. I had a number of people. I literally made this known last night at like, nine o'clock and between then and when i got here i can count the number of people who said how are you going to cut this thing off (laughs) (laughs) like could sit here for three hours three times in a row so yeah yeah so you just talked about um your body i think this is what you said your body might be the most spiritual thing you have but there is 
scripture where Paul talks about physical training having some importance, but uh, it's not as important as spiritual training. I think it's very easy to take that as, yeah, it's good to take care of your body, but being in your word, you know, partaking in the spiritual disciplines, those are far more important than this physical training. Where for me, it's like you can't, it's not something that's separate. So if you could kind of speak to that a little bit about how taking care of your body is not just physical training, it is a form of, you know, improving spiritually as well. So um, he's talking there about uh, physical training having some value. But spiritual training leading towards godliness has ultimate value. So obviously, how much you bench press is not going to merit you into the kingdom of God, right? And that's what he's talking about. It's not going to have eternal value in that sense. Mm-hmm. But but um, but obviously, seeking things that are spirit through Christ is going to you know is going to have eternal value. But here's what he's not saying. Well, no, I don't even say what he's not saying. I'm gonna, let me let me speak to what you're what you're saying there. Physical training has spiritual benefits. Mm. You can't have, in my self-control and discipline, um, carries over into other avenues of your life. So, uh, first off, I I believe I can do just about anything if I want to do it. If I if I set my mind to it and set a goal, I can do just about anything. I have a hard time with my kids or my wife or my friends. Anybody says, oh, I can't do that. That's a lack of discipline, and it, it just bothers me. So people say, I can't read my Bible every day. That's not true. I could go, it's just not true. And if I put a gun to your head and I said, you're going to die if you don't read your Bible every day, you're going to find the self-control and the discipline to do that. Yeah. And I, so I think waking up early, going to the gym, that is, that is a those are good decisions those are just good decisions period good for my body good for my frame of mind it's good for my willpower it gives me willpower that willpower and here's what people think people think that you can like you know use your willpower and then it kind of runs out it's not willpower is like muscular it's like muscular endurance the more you do it the more you get the more bench press you do the more you can bench press it's just going to be that way the more you learn how to use willpower and how to use self-control, the more willpower and self-control you have, you know? And so as I'm using willpower and self-control to push through difficult work, first off, to wake up early, that sucks. To, you know, that's a hard, getting out of bed, you know, like getting out of the bed in the morning, right? I've got a beautiful wife. I don't want to leave my beautiful wife here, you know? It's warm, it's nice. I'm getting up. I got to get up early because my kids wake up and I want to get my Bible time and all that stuff in. So getting up early, Working out, I'm, us- I'm making good decisions, I'm using my willpower, I'm using my self-control, and those things are growing. I'm getting, in a sense, more, p- I hate to use this word, but more powerful in those sense. So then when it comes to reading my Bible, or when it comes to reading a book and pushing through, I, I- here's an example, I started Brother-, Brother Karamazov like two years ago, this book. Okay, everybody talks about how great it is. It was very hard to read, it's- it- and I was like, Am I going to freaking sit this thing down and not push through? Maybe, you know, or am I going to actually push through this thing? I'm like, I'm going to push through this thing, and I'm going to do it before the end of the year. And so I pushed through this thing. It ended up being a pretty good book, but it was not my cup of tea, and it was very difficult. And I did it literally just because I wanted it done. And I didn't want to leave this book half read. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to accomplish it. That's an, an, an example, and I don't do that with every book. If it's not a good book, I throw it away. I don't finish it. But, but it's it's you know you you're making these decisions. You're growing your willpower. You're growing your self control, and it, it translates to to other to yeah. other things. My wife jokes with me because I'm kind of all or nothing. So when I go keto or I go paleo, I literally just I just flip a switch, right. and boom, I'm full keto. And then she's like, hey, she you know she's not like that. She wants to cheat. I'm like, what do you mean you want to cheat? We're keto right now. What are you doing? You know, it's just a, sw- and it's because yeah. in all these other areas, you build up your self-control because what, what people, people believe their excuses. And I, and I think our minds, the whole universe is set against us. Let's just say we believe it's fallen. Okay. And it's set against us. It wants us to constantly seek comfort always, whether it's wanting to keep us safe. I, I have no idea what it's, what it's doing. But it's always giving us an easy way out. It's always sleeping a little bit longer. Don't work out. Oh, your back's sore. Oh, your arm's sore. Oh, your leg hurts. Oh, you've got... And you've got all these excuses always in your mind. Now, everyone does, including me, including people that are way beyond me in their athletic ability. They wake up every day and they're hearing these voices. Yeah. The choice is, am I going to believe it or am I going to say, no, I'm doing the hard thing today. And the more you do hard things... The, the easy, not, it's not necessarily easier, but you get that momentum and you get on a roll. You know, it's still hard to get out in the cold and do a workout in your garage or yeah. wake up early, but you just build this momentum. And that's the, that's probably one of the biggest things is like when your mind says, slow down, your mind says, stop, your mind says, you need a rest day. You need this, you need that. You can't read, you, you know, you don't understand the Bible. You, you've got to like replace that with a kind of a positive thought and be like, wait, you know what? I, you know, and I've got one example. I, I'm thinking about continuing my education, and I've been afraid to do this. Um, I've been afraid to take um, Greek and Hebrew online because learning a new language, it, it's not like conceptual. You have to memorize all these little, yeah. you know, and I've been afraid to do it. And so I, I was thinking about my goals for 2019 and beyond, and I was like, I think I'm going to continue and get another degree, uh, f- finish my MDiv. And uh, I have to take these online courses. And, and I had this thought in my head, you, you can't do, you can't take, you can't learn Greek online. You can't learn Greek online. And I was like, oh yeah, I probably can't. That's really difficult. And then I was like, wait, hold on. I, fr- I got my, ma- I got my bachelor's degree online. I had to take accounting, all this kind of stuff that I hate. Got that online. I got my master's degree online. I've had a lot of difficult courses. I'm like, why can't I learn a language? I've done two degrees online. I can do a third online. Yep. I can do it if I want to do it. If I want to put my mind to it, I can do it. But I had to do that in the moment of like, instead of taking the easy way out, my brain wanted me to take the easy way. Man, you've got a master's degree. Just chill out and coast. And I, like I said, I think I like goals. I think Aristotle said man is a goal-seeking animal. His life only has meaning as he's reaching out and accomplishing his goals and that we're working towards something out there. I think it's in, I think it's a vital importance for us to continue to evolve as people and to grow into who we could potentially be, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, I want, you know, all those things. I, I want to be that 50 year old guy who takes his shirt off at the gym and I got gray hair and my, you know, and people are like, dang, he's 50. Heck yes. I want to be like that. You know, that, that's, you know, that's a goal that I have. That's a vision that's out there. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, I think what you describe is, is definitely a, a, I guess a Christian concept or a b- biblical concept you could say. You know, as Christians, we've been made right with God through faith in Jesus Christ. But then, like, we don't stop there. There's this 
progressive changing that happens for the rest of our life. So we have this goal that we're supposed to be shooting for, going after. Of course, you know, we'd be thinking spiritually, even morally, when we think about the character of Christ, when we, when we talk about being made more like Jesus. But Jesus is trying to make us into the best possible image of ourself, right? We can, we want to be the best we can be. And I don't think that's just what most people think as spiritual. I mean, that's everything we've been saying. That's all of us. You know, that's not just the apply to spiritual aspects of us. Yeah. And the physical, like we said before, we're embodied, we're embodied persons, the spirit and the physical. And so, the f- you know, like, first off, I had drink a cup of coffee in the morning when I read my Bible. Why? Part of it is a habit, but that habit, I, my brain, I've had, I had ADHD all growing up. My brain, I don't know if it's, I don't even know if this is real, but this is what I feel. I drink a cup of coffee, boom, I'm focused. Yeah. I'm ready to, like, I'm an embodied person. Yeah. So that means me drinking coffee is a spiritual discipline yeah. because it helps me read and understand my Bible and pray better, mm-hmm. you know? So when you're eating, you know, ho-hos and ding-dongs, you're, you're, your your body is responding to that, and it, you're not going to be as you're not going to be able to focus as well. And y- there's something going on in your body that's affecting you spiritually. Yeah. So you know, I think, I think, yeah, I think it's it, it's our spiritual life and our spiritual health is so tied to our bodies. Uh, you know, you can't separate them. Yeah, I mean, so we could we could obviously talk about the biology that's happening when those things are going on and whatnot, and actually make it legitimate case for some of that stuff but on the other side of it it's like basically you you haven't really said it black and white but should christians see physical health as an aspect of discipleship absolutely yeah i I don't think you can get get away from it um when when jesus tells us to go make disciples um that he isn't just speaking like spiritually you know, and, and the, the interesting thing there is go make disciples. He wasn't telling them to go invent what they think a disciple is or a process that they think makes disciples. He was saying, go do exactly what I've done with you yeah. with other people. Yeah. And there's an embodied reality in that, you know, like you're in community with people. Yeah. You're he was literally walking and talking and serving and with people, you know, so there's like this embodied reality, this relational reality that's going on there. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, I think absolutely there is. And to say it's not like, I don't even like, I hate to do this, but like gluttony is a sin. Laziness is a sin. It's on my list. And so now we're in a culture right now that's off its rocker with things. I, I think it was Cosmo just had this like 400 pound woman on the cover of it. And like, this is the new beauty type of thing. And don't fat shame her. Now we should not fat shame, but that's that's a lie. That's redefining beauty for one. Sure. And that's redefining health into what's the opposite of health? <laughs> Sickness, disease, right? Yeah. Disease. Like guarantee you there's no way she's physically healthy by right. like whatever, you know, like right. her heart and all these different things. And so we can be like we can kind of like go so th- our culture is basically saying now you can't talk about obesity at the church like you can't talk about it. you don't want to fat, fat shame anybody right but hey we're, we're called to talk about all kind of things that the culture says that we're not supposed to talk oh, about yeah. 
the yeah. way you use your money. Yeah. We don't want to talk about that. Your sexuality. You yeah. want to talk about that. Yeah. But the way you use your body, and specifically, we could just target in on on laziness, and on gluttony, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and you know, and we, we need we need to we need to talk about the, and and self control. See, so here's the here's the here's where people get so confused. In Galatians five, self control is called is is one of the fruit of the spirit. Okay, so people think that. I'm just waiting on God. I'm just, some Christians can say, I'm waiting on God to give me self-control because it's a fruit of the Spirit. I can't produce it in myself. Sure. That is to misunderstand that text and the whole anthropology of how of who we are and how we've come to be. That we all have agency. We develop self-control. One good decision, one hard decision at a time, we develop self-control. Now, when a Christian comes to faith in Christ and we get the Spirit, we get spiritual, a spiritual self-control. We, we get help with that spiritually to help. We now basically want to please God. That's what that means. We want to please God and not ourselves. But the Spirit doesn't wake me up in the morning. I still have to set an alarm clock. The Spirit doesn't make a gym workout for me. The Spirit doesn't tell me to put down the, co- the ho-ho. The Spirit doesn't do any of those things for me. You know, it, it doesn't. I have to do those things in myself. I have agency to yeah. do those things in myself. And then, like I said before, Self-control is a muscle. The more you use it, the more you have of it. Yeah. And it's and here's the deal. What I found out when during wrestling season, I was the most self-controlled mother scratcher on the planet. Like, but then but then I would get out and you know I would lose it all. Sure. Right. And wrestlers are like this. I'm guys in the military are like this. I know Navy SEALs that I've trained that that grew up, and they were the most self-controlled guys on the planet. And then they get out from whatever there is, and they get overweight, and they get fat, and they get. Uh, lazy and, yeah. the, and and so it's not a thing that you get and you keep forever sure it's a loan <laughs> you get a loan from the bank and you got to pay that bad boy every single day and if you don't pay it you lose it you're all if you don't if you don't use it every day you lose it yeah that's good it, i think that is like Looking at, so looking at like CrossFit, for example, they have uh, really defined themselves as the absolute premier strength and conditioning uh, methodology. Mm -hmm. And it's like, as a a Christian to seek after, you know, the, the cultural mandate, the best of the best, we, I think people might, feel afraid to really invest heavily in something that is, you know, completely secular. There's nothing there's nothing Christian about CrossFit per se, but in the sense that it is the best of the best, mm-hmm. it's extremely spiritual, you know? Like we have to venture out and, and, and the same thing goes for like business and with health. We have to venture out from necessarily what, you know, the Christian business guy or the, the, the Christian doctor might be saying and really dig into, okay, we are h- humans. We like, there's, we believe all of life is sacred. There might be some really good ideas outside of what maybe like your pastor thinks. Or oh, absolutely. Like so yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, the theological idea is basically we get to plunder Egypt and, and basically, uh, so basically when the, when the, uh, Israelites were set free from Egyptian slavery. 
they were loaded down with the goods of Egypt. Mm-hmm. And basically, Egypt uh, was the, uh, you know, the pharaoh and all that was the, cu- the cultural center of the world. They had everything. And so as, they get, as, the, as the Israelites get let out right, of, sla- of slavery, they, they're loaded down with the best that the world had to offer. All right? And the same thing goes for, for anything in life that um, I, don't go, I don't look and see who, you know, wh- what Christian car maker is out there and buy the Christian car. Sure, yeah. I, I want to buy the best car that I can afford, right? Yeah. That's, that's what I want to do. And Christians should always do that. We should always pursue the, you know, the best, the highest quality, whatever we can afford, um, the most efficient, whatever it is. We, we should, pr- that's what, this, you know, pursuing the good. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's how it should play out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I think we, I mean, CrossFit is, uh, it is the best. There's, there's yeah. nothing else like it. Every other thing has got some kind of um, something holding it back. Um, but I'm not saying everyone should CrossFit by any means. You know, like I, I've, I've joking with you guys, like I, I pulled back myself from, from doing some yeah. CrossFit um, a little bit. I just do it a few days a week. Um, but it is, you know, the, the mixing the strength and the cardiovascular and the balance and the, uh, and the flexibility and all those things together. And, you know, my dad, who's, 61 my dad just started you know three weeks ago mm-hmm. so i'm pretty stoked about that yeah how long have we been going uh right at an hour because i'm just getting started that's what i mean <laughs> oh boy. in closing <laughs> that was my first one <laughs> you want to tell them to ask questions or you already did that uh i did on the post but yeah if you guys have questions please bring them on um we know you can't hear alex you'll have to listen to on the, the regular podcast replay. alex will be yeah Loud and clear. They Sorry, guys. Could hear me. Huh? They could hear well, you a little bit. They could, they're hearing you from our mics. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I don't have to wear this thing. No, you do. Because oh, okay. I still need to record it. Oh, for the other one. So, you, you, we, you, black and white. Gluttony is a sin. Can you define gluttony? First off, let me define sin because I, okay. I, I want to. Okay. Sin is missing the mark. Sin is God created us to flourish. God created the whole universe um, with a certain um, pattern. And so if we operate the way God calls us to operate, we flourish within that pattern. Um, one theologian says that it's, it's when we operate the way we're called to operate, we're going with the grain of the universe. Okay? Um, and so sin is going against the grain of the universe, okay? This is why there are actual physical repercussions, negative physical repercussions to sin, right? It, it destroys things and it hurts our souls mm-hmm. and it hurts the world. You look at the news and nearly everything that you hate that's on the news, that's, it, it, that thing is a sin. Sure. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. So there's just, we disagree with some things because we think some things shouldn't be a sin, but we, we're not God. We didn't create the universe. And so our opinion doesn't really matter. So sin is going against the grain of the universe. Sin is, go- is basically going against the way we're created, the way the universe is set up. And so sin always has problems, always has a, a maleffect, bad effect on us. So gluttony is um, sinning against God. First off, Paul talks about in, in, in um, I think it's Corinthians, and I can't remember that, that many men have made a God out of their belly. So gluttony is the idolatry of either myself, could be the idolatry of my comfort, could be the idolatry of food itself. Yeah. And so the worship I should be giving to God, I'm giving to something else. And, and I'm eating, I'm eating, I'm overeating, I'm eating that. Um, and so 
that's uh, so so the and then obviously what happens? Well, one, I'm not giving the glory um, that's due to God. I'm not giving that glory to Him. Two, I'm taking a good thing that God gave me and I'm worshiping that thing, finding my identity, finding my meaning. So when I'm sad, I go to the the, the cabinet sure. instead of going to God. Yeah. When I'm stressed yeah. out, I go to the cabinet instead of going to God. That it's an idolatry problem. I'm actually worshiping this thing. And again, it's habits. It's a physical thing that I'm doing. And so people say, well, let's just stay on the spiritual. No, 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 no. You're worshiping little Debbie like all week long. That's a that's a problem. That's a spiritual problem that's going on. You know, and hey, that's me. That was me. I lived on little Debbie's in, until like eight years ago or something like that. Um, and so, so I'm not giving the glory to God. I'm giving that glory to something else. And then as we sin, stuff breaks, stuff falls apart. Little, guess what? You're not built to live on little Debbie's, right? And so my body breaks down. My, I get stressed out, right? I get more stressed. I'm eating more. It's, this is ugly cycle. I'm stressed out, so I eat more. And then I'm eating more, so I'm stressed out. And it's just, you know, I'm not healthy. Yeah. I don't feel like getting up. I don't feel like working out. Mm -hmm. One of the things that caused me to change my diet was because I would go to the gym and it feels like crap to be burning, to living off sugar. You know, you're burning sugar. You're more sore the next day. Lactic acid's just through the roof. You feel like garbage during your workout. So like, dude, all right, I'm going to start eating a little cleaner just so I can do that, you know? And so then obviously your body starts breaking down and you get disease. I mean, you, you get disease. And so that's an example of how gluttony mm -hmm. is... Is a, is a sin, you yeah. know, and and then uh, yeah, so you're you're you get you get overweight, and you get tired, and the more overweight and the more tired you are, the less likely you are to do good for your neighbor, the less likely you are to read your Bible, the less likely you likely you are to serve somebody else. Yeah, you know, so so that's 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 one way, you know. Yeah, so you mentioned this a little bit, but the the likelihood of anybody listening to this having heard a sermon on gluttony is probably fairly low. Um, you think the the reason for that is just be like simply pastors not having the you know authority to speak on this or uh, the integrity. integrity. I think yeah. I think that's part of it, but I also think it's you know I think it's a theological problem as well. Like we've already kind of mentioned, I don't think most or many past not most I don't know how many but many pastors don't have a theology of the body. They don't understand um, the nature of the union between their flesh and spirit and how physical our our spirituality is, how sure. physical our religion, if you want to use that term, is. Um, they don't realize the importance of the incarnation, in a sense, you know. And th again, they get that, that, that flesh and spirit dichotomy uh, that Paul talks about mixed up. Yeah. And they think it's talking about our, our physical bodies. Yeah. So I think there's a lot, yeah, and I think, um, and, and listen, I, I, so I preach exegetically verse and expository verse by verse through books of the Bible, and I do that so the church isn't formed by my proclivities and my, what I'm into, and so I have to get up and preach about things that I suck at, mm -hmm. and it's hard to do. Nobody wants to do it, Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I'm a way different guy that, uh, now than I was 10 years ago, but you know, gentleness is not a natural disposition of, not a natural piece of my character. And so when I get up there and I have to preach because I'm going through a book and it's on gentleness, that is a rough week for me. I, I am having to do 
a lot of work in my soul and yeah. it's exhausting. And I get up there and preach it and I preach it like a rookie. I preach it like, Hey, sure. I'm discovering this. I suck at this. Sure. I want to let the, everybody know this. Well, you know, if you're not preaching, you know, verse by verse through books of the Bible and you're overweight and you're an overweight pastor, mm. you're never going to talk about it. Right. Never. Right. You know? And so, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a, that's a key piece. Yeah. And everybody's looking for an easy way, and everybody wants somebody else to, you know, make it easier for them. Or, um, you know, we we do missional communities, and so you never know what people are going to be bringing for food. And you know, like you you could be weird about it. And I'll just say it's weird to go in, and we've had people do this before and say, "Hey, stop bringing this type of food," you know, uh, not because they're allergic or anything like that, because they're on a diet, and so they're saying, "Stop bringing this type of food." I'm like, what? Stop bringing. They don't, that's not on them. Sure. You just look at it and walk by it. Don't pick it up and put it in your mouth. I, I have a hard time with folks that want everybody else to change to suit their sure. their goals or their desire or anything else. You know, you, you, you can't. You, you've got to develop the self-control that, as like an alcoholic, an alcoholic can't control where alcohol is going to be at. You know, he's going to Walmart. He's going to Hy-Vee. You know, I want these guys to stop selling it. No, it's always going to be there. You have to develop the self-control that can say no to the cookie. Yeah. That can say no to the alcohol. That can say no to whatever it is that you need to say no to. The carbs or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Any Grammy insider joke here, you get a three, eight, and a nine in room together, and one of them's not going to say anything. Uh, Alex, you have anything to add here? <laughs> I didn't understand anything you just said. You haven't really said much at all. Oh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> uh, do I have anything to add here? I'm, I'm nearing the end here. I don't, I don't think it would necessarily go along with what we've... 107. Yeah, here's the other thing. I, I feel like there's two or three other conversations that we could also have with Justin, so you could maybe look forward to that. Uh, one thing I wrote down, I guess it didn't really weave itself in. It could have earlier on but uh when we were working out in your garage up on your whiteboard you had this quote that i still just love and i haven't extended actually i, I think if I you've got hands blister oh them yeah, while yeah. you can oh. if you've got bones there make them strain yeah because they can carry nothing at, at in the grave yeah. or something like that right yeah, that did i just nail that yeah it, it it's super good lay your <laughs> life down your heartbeats cannot be hoarded. Your reservoir of breaths is draining away. You have hands, blister them while you can. You have bones, make them strain. They can do nothing in the grave. Yeah. That's, that that kind of sums up essentially a lot of... Quote by Indy Wilson in his book, Death by Living. Yeah, super good, super good. They're all still complaining about uh, not hearing you. Amanda likes the quote. Cool. Can't hear Alex. Um, what, what I was going to say is, I mean, he keeps hitting on you know, people just having self-control and how if you are able to have self-control, it builds on, you know, it's kind of like a muscle that's going to grow. Um, I guess I would just say that that's a, that's a pretty complicated process. It's a or complex um, process, maybe. It's not like you can just hear Justin say that and then all of a sudden say, okay, I just need to go and, and have more self-control and that's going to change everything. It's going to be knowing that that is true and then striving for it and failing 
but then not giving up after that. It's continuing to know that that is true, that that is what, that's a possibility for the human, you know, and continuing to, to push into that. Um, and, and I guess just to kind of connect this to what people think is spiritual, I don't, I, I know if somebody's maybe struggling with um, some other sort of sin, that they're, they're open to talking to their brothers and sisters about that or, or asking for prayer and, and, and those type of things or even just in their own time of prayer. But when it comes to physical issues that they have going on, I feel like that's, that's something that's missed. They're not bringing that up. Um, we just had a, a guy in our MC last night that did bring it up. He said, this is something I struggle with. Um, I, I go in and out of knowing that or, or just remembering that my body is important and that I should honor God with it. Um, so he just kind of let us know that this is something that we could be praying for him about. This is something we could be checking in on him about and, and challenging him on. Um, but I just think that that's, it's a, it's not a simple issue to, to deal with. You know, it's something that is going to require, um, continued failing and, and, and fighting, getting up when you get knocked down, but also inviting other people into this to, to help you, you know, get to that end that you want to get to. But if you just think it's not that big of a deal, then you're just going to like, whatever, this is how I am. And this is how I'm going to stay. And because you don't have the willpower that he talked about, blame it on that or, or try to justify it with some sort of lie that you get, whether that's from the Bible or, or from the world. Yeah. Um, and the reality is, so here's here. So if I were, this is going to this go down a whole nother path right here. Um, but you are where you are because of the choices that you've made and the circumstances that have happened to you. And the reality is you can't do anything about anything that's happened in the past. And honestly, you, you don't know what's coming down the pipe for you in the future, but you have right now. And you can make a decision right now to do the next hard thing, whatever that is. If it's picking up your Bible and reading it, if it's going to church, if it's joining a missional community, if it's uh, going to the gym, if it's eating healthy, you can do it. And, and the reality is, you're going to fail a lot, and you just have to, in a sense, be like, that's part of the process. Fail, get back up. Fail, get back up. Fail, get back up. And you just got to, and because you have this much self-control, an inch worth of self-control right now, but you're not, you don't even know what you're going to have in a year from now. And, and I say, you know, you hear it a lot. People overestimate what they can accomplish in a day, and they underestimate what they can accomplish in a decade. Yeah. You know? And so... Why another reason CrossFit's great because they have class times you have to show up for and you have a coach that's running you through those things. Mm -hmm. It's harder to work out in your own garage. It's harder for me to make my own workout up, get out there, get everything cleaned up, yeah. and do it myself. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, talking about the complexity of it, it's like, it's not necessarily like it's not just a matter of okay, how freaking Nazi obedient can we make your mind to you know be able to stand in front of a piece of cake and like stare at it and not eat it. It's like you have to do things and change your rhythms and change things about your life that are going to support that like willpower that we're talking about. There's yeah. a difference between being able to, you know, not have a little Debbie for a week when they're not even in your house. Absolutely. When it's in your cabinet, yeah. like that there's a difference there, you know. So it's it's the the goal is to get as many things in as many good decisions as possible into yeah. Yeah. into the realm of an unthinking habit. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole goal. I don't even think about what I'm going to do tomorrow. My alarm goes off. Right. Between 5:30 and 5:45, I get up, I get my coffee, 
I go, and for me, I go sit in my hot tub, mm-hmm. and I read my Bible, mm-hmm. and I pray, and I read a, a book or two. That's yeah. that's what I do every morning, yeah. and then I, and then I work out, right, and or I, I study. You don't have to think about it, so it's not a hard decision. Yeah, you know, that that brings up another point that I was thinking about earlier. Is <clears throat> so you also so you have this kind of theological understanding that's the foundation of why you're doing what you're doing, but you also pay attention, like you. You've went to get your level one. You follow other CrossFit um, coaches and athletes. You've studied up on the ketogenic diet. You've looked at all this stuff and kind of why it's important. So similar to we would know that it's important to read our Bible, but there's also this fact that maybe you don't even know how to read your Bible. So that also you have to get training there. Maybe you know that it's important to pray, but you don't know how to pray. It's mm-hmm. important to get training there. Well, with all this stuff, again, we're making it simple as far as don't pick up the little Debbie. But when it comes to health, there's a lot that goes into it that you need training in. And if you don't get trained in it, you're just kind of you're you're leaving the option open for you to just go back to your default because you've tried it. and It's so hard. You know, you need self-control. You know, you should be doing this stuff, but you don't even know how to do it. So you're going to fail more than likely. Yeah. Yeah. There's massive education piece. And like so a little over five years, five and a half years ago, uh, my life started to change in the realm of health and things have compounded. You know, the more I do things, the more I learn about things, the more I'm put into certain positions where I learn more things and things continue to change. And yeah, it, it, it all keeps rolling. Okay. This is a really good question. I'll read it. Any practical tips on not trading one idol, such as gluttony or laziness for another, like working out, um, obsessive working out as a natural idolater, what are some signs that working out dieting have taken an idle place rather than a healthy place within spirituality? I'll speak to this a little bit first just from experience. Um, I think I absolutely did this right away, like when we started, so when I started doing CrossFit and stuff. My first experience was this, you know, you did like a 30-day, you know, weight loss challenge or whatever, and I'm hyper-competitive, um, and so like I was all in with that. And so my first experience with this was like, okay, I've got this goal, win this thing, <coughs> um, developed habits and rhythms over those 30 days, you know, didn't, don't miss a day working out, don't cheat on anything I'm eating, all this stuff. And so then rolling out of that, I mean, my wife will tell you how like missing a workout was like the end of the world, you know, for the month or two following that and it was like a real sharp like hey this is too big of a deal this is great stuff you're doing but this is what you're doing right now is not sustainable especially with you know the idol that it was so i guess looking at um i guess how it's affecting the other good things in your life and if it's if it's creating conflict um you know for me creating conflict in my marriage and with my family, that was a major red flag of, hey, this, that, that's not how you should respond to that. Mm. <clears throat> it's actually not as easy of a question to answer as you, as you think it is, because um, I think it has very little to do with how intense you are and how much you work out. Sure. Sure. Um, I think it's, I'll just tell you, I don't, I, I can work out every single day and I think I do pretty much work out every single day. And I don't, it's not, I don't think it's an idol for me at all. I really don't. Um, I know it's an idol when I can't lose. I I used to tell him that all the time. You know, like one of the reasons I still do CrossFit 
is because I get humbled yeah. in CrossFit. Yeah. Girls beat people beat me that I'm like, and when if if I find myself, you know, judging myself by other people, then it's probably a, a problem for me. But I think people, I think I think people are afraid of being. They see somebody who posts all the time on social media, sure. and they just assume that guy's an idolater, sure. or that guy's obsessed. He may be obsessed. I think it's fine to be obsessed with fitness. I think you should be obsessed with fitness. Bottom line, I think you should be obsessed with. I, if I'm not obsessed about something, I don't like it. Sure. I don't care about it. I'm sure. obsessed with my Bible. I'm obsessed with God. I'm obsessed with church. I'm obsessed with my family. I'm obsessed with uh, working out. I, I think that's that's life for me. And yeah. if I'm not obsessed by it, I don't even care about it. Right. For the most part. Right. And so I, I, I it's a balance. It's definitely a balance. But um, you know, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I really. If you are, and there's, there's, you just can't be like, well, people think I'm obsessed about it. Who cares what people think about if you think you're obsessed about it? Sometimes it's our family. I, my wife tells me this all the time, right? I got a hurt knee. I got a hurt wrist right now. I'm still working out. And, and some, some people look at that and go, oh, pff, you're an idol worshiper. You're obsessed. Sure. No, I feel better right. when I work out. Right. My knee feels better when I work out. Yeah. If I don't work out, my knee hurts worse. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I, for me, I, I think it's, um, I think you should be, you know, you should be doing these physical things and you should be bumping up to that, to that barrier. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think you should be finding your, that's kind of like finding, um, finding, it's like your bench press, finding your max. You know, you should be pushing up against that. Yeah. I mean, so many people who have a trouble sleeping, have trouble sleeping at night because they're not working out hard enough bottom line that's why i want to at 9 30 10 o'clock at night when my head hits the pillow i want to be man of jokes at me because like within a minute i'm gone yeah i'm out because i used it up during the day you know and so i think um i think it's it's a possibility obviously but if you are if you have the, the natural habits of reading your bible prayer being in community you're going to have community that's going to point it out to you right like so obviously people that lose a lot of weight, they could just keep losing that weight and get anorexic or get something like, yeah. somebody's like, whoa, bro, what's going on? Like you're, you're, you seem to be losing too much weight. Um, same thing, you know, working out. But I, I, I think we just, we label people who are extreme as idol worshipers. And I think it's completely wrong to do that. There's guys out there that want to run hundred mile races. <laughs> that is crazy. Yes. But it's also awesome when you get to watch. I love watching you. I don't run at all. I watch YouTube videos of these 100-mile races just because I'm like, that is cool yeah. what these guys can do. And you can't run a 100-mile race unless you're obsessed. Yeah. doesn't mean you're an idol worshiper. might. So I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, a, I think it's something, it's a boundary that people need to bump up against. And then there's going to be all kind of red flags that go off, little warning lights in your soul. Uh, you can't lose. You can't miss a workout. Yeah. You, you know, um, you can't enjoy a piece of cake occasionally or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be all kind of things. Um, but don't be the Debbie Downer on the Internet who when somebody makes starts making good decisions and they start getting obsessed with CrossFit or obsessed, you know, oh, CrossFit, you're in a cult, oh, and they start throwing water on their stuff because it makes you feel good because you you're, you don't work hard. Sure. Bottom mm-hmm. line. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. it drives me crazy on the Internet. Um, you know what? This guy's posting shirtless pics. I, he, you know what I mean? Maybe he was 50 pounds overweight. 
Let yeah. him post a shirtless pic. Yeah. Don't freaking rip on him about it. Yeah. yeah. Now it's if I could just add something real quick <clears throat> to that question. I think it goes back to what I was trying to say before, as far as inviting other people into this. Like if you know that your tendency to maybe just trade one idol for another, inviting let people know that right. This is my tendency to do this. I don't want this to happen. Will you pray for me? And have people check in on with you, um, check in with you on this stuff. Um, but yeah, please don't let that be a reason of why you would stay <laughs> and the reality stay is with this idol that you're in now here's the reality if you're if you're if you get too afraid of your idols then you're going to want to be mediocre at everything yeah because for me like people are like sure people have told me uh, you know you idolize learning that's why you read so much and i'm like you know what maybe maybe i do sometimes maybe i fall into that but I love to learn and I'm learning about God. And to me, how much of that is too much? Sure. You know? Sure. And so making good decisions, I, I think we can be very, you know, we can want to, anybody that's doing things more extreme than we are, reading more books, praying longer, spending, whatever it is, good decisions, we can feel intimidated by that. And we can want to stand back and kind of like poo-poo it and, and, and say, oh, maybe they're just trading one idol for another. And maybe they yeah. are. But but we don't we don't know that, you know, from a person's you can't tell that from a person's social media page. You, right. you can't tell that. Right. You I, know, I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, I think it's it comes specifically in this scenario and within this realm. It's like the the average understanding and the average, uh, you know, knowledge about health, for example, is so far off of what we might see as optimal that it's like it takes so much and compared to the average it takes so much education to be to a certain place that it's like you 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 look at that and you see that's way more than what i'm doing and you see it as something like adultery yeah 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 adultery is always an issue but it's and it's usually not like well i should start working out stop working out as much no it's usually faith and repentance Mm -hmm. you know that's the answer it's faith and repentance not right yeah. Don't talk about CrossFit or don't, you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. So one of the <sighs> one of the things that if you have been following some of our stuff for a while, um, we've kind of laid out this, uh, this like we, we're calling the restoring human diet. And one of the ways that we think it's distinctly different than a lot of the other um, health professionals that we follow and look to for things is um, we have built in there kind of this final step of enjoying really good things and you know we label it as sugar or whatever we label it as um, we think that is a very important though maybe small but extremely important piece of a good sustainable um, you know, human diet. We know that, you know, we have we have to be able to um, enjoy these good tasting things. They're not a, you know, they're not little Debbie's in the cupboard mm-hmm. every time we go to the store, but like this, we need this to be a part of our lifestyle. We can't, you know, 100% demonize this and not talk about it whatsoever. Okay, I think it's temperance. Again, if mm-hmm. you get into it, yeah. the, the, yeah. the virtue is called temperance. In a sense, it acts as a little bit of a relief valve. Yeah. 
So you see, like, if you follow guys like The Rock, you know, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Every one day a week or one meal, he just yeah. destroys some cheat yeah. meal, right? Um, and it's just like this relief valve. You you can't be that intense, that strict, uh, you know, a prohibitionist all in every area of your life. You've got to have some relief valves or you'll probably, you know, you won't last very long. You won't enjoy good gifts like sugar. <laughs> you know, you won't enjoy those good gifts in moderation yeah. like, like we should. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Okay. Uh, this is the end. And if you've made it here, I've got something special for you. You probably don't know about this. I talked to him about this. Um, so we are December 28 right now, and the new year brings lots of just heightened awareness, and people are open to thinking about health and fitness and making New Year's resolutions and all this kind of stuff. Um, Alex and I are trying to step into that space this year, and we are going to be doing a um, an online course um, kind of walking through what we see as you know this this restoring human lifestyle. Um, how can we actually take the physical seriously? How can we um, you know op- optimize our health? So we are put this program together, eight week online course thing. We're not officially uh, launching that until. January 1st, um, so you'll have to hang on to this for a couple of days. But if you've made it this far into the episode, and if you're one of our regular listeners, uh, we would like to offer you a discount code on that. So it's restoringhuman.com. Um, you can't do anything with it right now. It's not actually live. You can go look at it if you'd like to. Um, but it won't work until Monday, Tuesday. 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 It won't work until Tuesday. Um, the code is podcast p-o-d-c-a-s-t podcast so if you're one of our uh listeners we would like to offer you ten dollars off of that ten percent it's hundred bucks yeah whatever you'll figure it out um we'd like to offer that to you if you want to dive in deeper to this um we our our goal is to help people understand more um, so that they can create change and be moving towards this this more optimal state of health. Um, yeah. Cool. cool. I think that's all. Uh, thanks, well, thanks. Just, thanks, Justin. My pleasure. Yeah. Like I said, this this might not be the end of this. We, there's a there's a void of talking about this topic, and I think we uh, need to step into it. Let's Anytime. Do it. Yeah. Cool. Oh, one new comment. Thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) Later.